0: to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian we got to see some crazy soccer games Tuesday, a bit of a blowout football game last night and now on Thursday when we're recording this we have football sections are out. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of go time it kind of feels like now here finally.
1: Yeah no I
0: I'm looking forward to
1: my vacation tomorrow but then I know that when I get back it's going to be <laughs> one busy uh, last week of October which is We have quite a few teams that uh, will be playing at state soccer. We have football sections starting up next week. We also have, I think, volleyball is starting up for sections and cross country. And we have girls tennis state. So lots of stuff going on next week. So we will have plenty of coverage for all of you to read.
0: Yeah, Um, and probably probably stuff you won't have time to read either as well by the end of it. But and we have college, too. <laughs> so yeah, and that'll be... Put that on top of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a busy time, but uh, that's, you know, we're okay with that having everything happen again. So we're going to get to um, football to start. We're going to talk about um, section seedings, which came out this morning much earlier than we expected. We were told by, like, 10 a.m. they were up at, like, 7.15. So uh, no, no complaints here from uh, us on that one. So we're going to be able to break that down a little bit. We'll talk about the games um, from last night as well that closed out the regular season. Um, While we didn't have time to do a podcast before to make our picks, we made our picks still um, on Brian's preview story. So we'll tally up the the totals and see where those are at as we get into the playoffs here. Um, And then as well in the second part of the show, we will go through some of our uh, state soccer kind of preview slash our section final games, Um, talk a bit about those were two, um, you know, kind of crazy games out, uh, in Sock center for cathedral booking, two spots in state boys and girls, um, another spot on the line tonight for two local teams with tech and Recori. So there's a whole lot going on, um, and some conference cross country and other things as well. But, um, we will start with football where, as I mentioned, um, we have seven teams in four different sections that got their, um, seedings released this morning. Um, Brian, where do you want to start? How do you want to kind of tackle this today?
1: Well, um, we'll start off with the fact that I'm not good at picking games. Um, that's kind of a good statement. We'll start with that. Um, Dave is currently leading us forty or with a forty-one and eight record. You're at thirty-nine and ten, and I'm at thirty-seven and twelve. And even though people might say, Brian, you're only four games behind. Well, the thing is, is that we're in playoffs now, so things are a little bit more obvious in playoffs compared to. Uh, regular season, but you never know. You know, maybe Dave will pick all the underdogs and try and be that you know person. I don't know, but we'll find out. Um, but no, as for as for football, yes, like you said, we um, we actually have had two rounds of football um, since the last time we talked on the podcast. Uh, we had last Friday, and then obviously this this yesterday, since we're recording this on a Thursday, um, due to MEA weekend this upcoming weekend. Um, They usually have the games on a Wednesday to end the regular season. Um, Sections will be on Tuesday and on Saturday next week. Um, I think what we can do is maybe we just go through um, the different matchups from last night, maybe talk a little bit about all the different matchups, and then afterwards we can kind of talk about how it scopes into the section tournament. Um, That might probably be best um, and kind
0: of go from there. Yeah, it'll probably be easiest to go team by team. Like you mentioned, I'd almost forgot that, yeah, we haven't even talked about week seven games (laughs) as well. So there's a lot to get to. So um, I think we'll start with Ricori because that's where we both were last night. Um, They had a bye week seven. That also makes it a little easier to to recap. They won 34 to six last night over Big Lake. Um, A dominant win. They're up, you know, they're up four scores at the half. Um, Ran the ball basically at will in that game. In a way that they really haven't been able to for most of the season. So um, that was a good sign leading into sections. And they're going to be the number two seed um, in their section in class 4A, section eight, which means they won't play Tuesday. They'll be playing Detroit Lakes, who's the three seed um, next Saturday. I know you were able to talk to Coach Herberg and quarterback Jack Spanier after the game. What did you kind of learn from them and what they thought of the performance last night? Well, coming into their bye week on week
1: seven, so last week, they they had two tough losses against Hutchinson and Wilmer. And, I mean, it, James Herberg, their head coach, kind of said, you know, if, if you were at the game, you, the score kind of seems like it was a blowout, but really it was a lot closer than what the, the score represents. Um, so what they kind of did was last week they went through a lot of the fundamentals, the basic skills, um, things like that to just kind of, tweak certain things it wasn't like changing up your entire offensive package or anything like that it was just more of the fact of you know we have the full you know we have the base now we just need to kind of tweak the small things um and so they kind of went through all of that they it looked like they did a lot more motion last night um from the backfield uh jack spanier kind of said that they they did that just to kind of keep the opponent on their toes you know keep the defense on their toes. Um, because you never know who's going to get the ball, especially when you have um, a running back right next to Jack Spanier and then the wide receiver kind of comes across in motion. Um, he can obviously give it off to the running back, he can give it off to the wide receiver, or he could keep it himself. So three different options there, and you know every, the defense has to be aware of all three different options. So um, it was very effective against Big Lake last night. I think the big thing for them was they. it was a little scary because obviously when you go into – come from a bye week to end the regular season against a winless um, big lake team, big lake has nothing to lose. So it's kind of one of those scary matchups that it's like, you know, they also have changed their offense every single week. So even James was like, we didn't really know how to prepare for them because every single week there was something different offensively for them. Um, But I think they did a great job in that first half. They um, offensively and defensively were able to be very effective that second half, it seemed like a lot of second-team uh, offense and second-team defense um, was able to see a little bit more of all those younger guys that might be taking over some roles. Um, but, yeah, overall, a really good performance by them. Brady Blatner was able to get in for a touchdown, for two touchdowns um, and a few other names, uh, Luke Van Erp. Um, and then, you know, there was a couple other scores as well. But overall, just really good rushing attack last night. I think they had over 200 yards of rushing um, altogether last night. So that's always a positive thing to see heading into next week. But I think, I mean, we can also get to this when we when we talk about Apollo, but I think Corey got a nice matchup um, for that section tournament because I, I think Apollo definitely looked like they could have been the three seed and maybe trumped Detroit Lakes. And so then you'd have Apollo and Ricori, which obviously we know how that ended with a 22 to 20 victory for Ricori. But uh, I think Detroit Lakes might be a little bit of an easier matchup. Not saying either one of them is going to be like a breeze, but I think Detroit Lakes might be a little bit of an easier matchup with who they've played this season.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Just with um, Apollo, you know, beating a 6A school last night, that like you mentioned, we'll probably talk about next, Um, and then also. Um, just being able to, you know, only keep it with a score with Becker, who's number one in the state in their class, win a couple games weeks prior. Yeah, they're, they're trending in the right direction and probably isn't a team you really want to have to see um, in sections right now. So, yeah, so Record did get a pretty good deal there, getting a home game again um, at their stadium. And um, facing Detroit Lakes, who, um, you know, doesn't really play any similar opponents, that's always kind of the wild card when they get to sections because they play, um, you know, just teams that we don't see all year long. So you can't really have any comparison. Um, The last time they played Detroit lakes was um, 20. Well, they played for the 2019 section championship game when recovery went, went on to win the state title. They beat them 14 to six, um, kind of upset them when Detroit lakes was undefeated that year and the number one seed in section. So, um, you know, there is some recent history there, um, especially in a section that's so small with only five teams, you're likely going to be seeing some of these same teams each year. So, um, be exciting to see that. Like you said, it won't be till next Saturday, so they will get quite a bit of time to um, prep for them, recover, get a break. They just had a bye, too. So, um, you know, I would say pretty good situation um, for Ricori going into this next week. Yeah, James even said he, he's really excited for that rivalry with Detroit Lakes,
1: obviously, from what you talked about back in 2019. Um, and I think the the other part is, is they're a little banged up. Ricori, they had a few guys that were not dressed for this game, Um, whether or not just because it was a winless Big Lake team and they didn't want to risk it, or maybe they are injured and needed some time to rest. Um, I think this upcoming week and a half before playing Detroit Lakes on Saturday will be a good opportunity for them to just get healthy, have some time off. I think James gave the, the players some time off over the weekend and they'll go back to the drawing board on, on Monday and figure out how they can beat a Detroit Lakes team that not only has Recori not seen, but any section t- opponent hasn't hasn't seen Detroit Lakes because they only play 3A schools, um, which is kind of interesting, I, I guess, in my mind. I, I, I would expect to maybe play a, a section opponent just to see what it's like, but maybe they're just trying to be one of those wild cards that nobody knows about so and if so then they're doing a really good job of it
0: (laughs) yeah and with um in that section like we said apollo um with detroit lakes getting the third seed. apollo got the fourth seed which means they will host um little five little falls who's the five seed um next tuesday for a home game is kind of the um somewhat of a play-in game kind of the only section quarterfinal game with only five teams they'll be the only ones playing the one two and three seeds have a bye to the semifinals so um I'm assuming they're not going to be happy about getting the four seed, especially with how they finish the year. I'm sure they'll be using that as extra motivation. And if they do win, um, they would play Becker again, who they just showed they could hang with at home, at least um, that you were at. uh, I was going to say two weeks ago, but it's not even a week ago when we're recording this. So (laughs) I I guess before we talk about kind of um, what it looks like for them in postseason, you want to just mention anything. I know there's been a lot since last Friday when you saw them play. Was there anything that stuck out to you with how they were able to stick with Becker in that game?
1: They had a really good game against Becker.
0: Um, the
1: biggest, the biggest thing for me, I mean, and the biggest thing for Apollo and this entire community is Andrew Carl's. <laughs> uh, if if you talk if you talk to Michael uh, Beeler, the the head coach, he even said. Andrew Carls is the best player in the, in the area. He's, and, and last night he might've even proved that he could be one of the top players in the Metro, um, which is his performance against Coon Rapids last night. Uh, I think the big part was, was Becker kind of got out to a nice lead. I think they were leading 16 to six at the half. And then um, they didn't really change anything up at, at the half. They, they didn't like go back to the drawing board or anything like that. They just kind of were like, Hey, let's, do what we do best, and let's play, and let's grind, and and keep keep having fun out there. And it worked because they got a couple fumble recoveries that led to some really good field position. The offense was able to use it and get a few touchdowns, and all of a sudden it became a really close game. Um, Becker eventually won at twenty three eighteen, but I mean Apollo was right on the heels of potentially getting in there and and being able to. To win the game. And the big other thing is, is Becker was able to um, get the extra points, the two-point conversions. Apollo wasn't. Apollo wasn't effective on the two-point conversions. They, I think they missed all three of them. Um, and when you miss all three, it's it's hard. I mean, you can't, you can't be, you, you can't, I mean, if you add six more points to it, they win 24, 23. So that just kind of shows you what type of, or how close they really were against Becker. It was just a few, you know, a couple two-point conversions here and there, and they're they're potentially winning over Becker that night. So, um, no, a very good game for them, and another really good game against Coon Rapids last night with a 28-26 victory. Um, Coon Rapids is a six A school, so that was going to be a, a, that was one of the things that um, I think I wrote in my preview was that it was going to be a big test for Apollo, just being a four A school and having to compete against a six A school. But Michael even said we wanted to play the 6A, 6A school so that we could figure out what, where we're at and, and how good we really are. And so I think also it was a hope that maybe if they beat a 6A school, they could trump Detroit Lakes and play Ricori. But um, obviously that didn't work. And yeah, I think, I think last night, Andrew Carls once again showed why he's one of the best. Um, he had 197 yards of rushing, two touchdowns. He also threw for two, threw for two touchdowns. Um, I think Blake O'Hara is going to give a nice uh, thank you to uh, whoever was watching him that night because that was an impressive two-point conversion to um, take the 28-26 lead. Andrew Carls threw a touchdown pass to Trevon Roaring um, to make it 26-26, and then um, Andrew Carls kind of passed it, shuffled it over to um, Blake O'Hara, who kind of threw up. He he saw that there was about seven different Coon Rapids players coming after him and just decided to toss up a prayer <laughs> in the end zone. Luckily, one of the Apollo guys was able to catch it and, and convert the two-point conversion to make it 28-26. So but yeah, I think it's I, I think they definitely they've shown that they can they, they they can win close games. Um they can I mean they, they lost a few early on against Wilmer and against Ricori. And then obviously the Becker game was a close one, but they've also won a few um, close games as well. So I think, like you said, Apollo's on a hot streak right now, and, and if I'm playing them in the section tournament, I don't want to right now.
0: Absolutely. So um, going to our first pick of the day, Apollo-Little Falls, um, pretty easy pick for me is Apollo in this one. Little Falls has played You know, um, smaller teams all season. Apollo is just on a roll. Little Falls has had a really... Um, tough time getting wins this year. I believe they only have, um, one victory this year, um, that came recently. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for them. Um, and Apollo is going to be back at home and very motivated. So I think it's an easy pick for the Eagles in this one. Yeah,
1: we'll be, we'll be seeing, uh, Apollo and Becker taking on each other on Saturday in, in my eyes, um, and day's eyes as well. I think, like you said, the Eagles are just, they're really good. Little Falls is, is struggling this season, and um, I think this is going to be an opportunity as well for Apollo to just be able to try different things, see what what they can do, and maybe those different things can maybe help them when they play Becker on Saturday. So, um, and then for this section, well, for all sections, just as a heads up to everybody, the quarterfinals will be on Tuesday next week. The semifinals will be on Saturday, and then the finals, the section finals, will be on Friday, November. 4th. Fifth, so um, just to kind of give everybody a heads up ahead of time that that's for all sections that are in the local area. So, um, and they as for times and dates or times and locations, it just kind of depends on whether or not they play at a neutral site for this finals or they play at the high seed. There's certain ones that play at high seeds and certain ones that play at neutral sites. So, just as a heads up to everybody there.
0: Yeah, I know this section. I know that recorded Detroit Lakes game, and I believe. When Becker hosts two, they'll be at one o'clock in the afternoon, I think I saw, which will be um, nice, especially if you and Dave are out there not having to do it at seven o'clock at night in the cold, probably. And then I think the final is at Monticello High School for that one on that Friday. So that one, we know some of the others, it'll kind of develop as time comes on. I think a few might be at St. Cloud State. They don't have that updated on the brackets yet, so I don't really want to promise that to anything yet. But we'll see, I'm sure, in the next week or so. All that info will come out. Um, I think we move on to Section 8 in Class 5A next because we have three teams in that section. Um, Soc Rapids earned the two seed. They lost to Monticello 12-6 last night uh, to drop their second game in a row. Um, Dominic Mathias still not playing quarterback for them. Still hurts, so they're going to have to kind of figure that out. Um, kind of see how they can find a way to gel like they were earlier as they go into sections. They will have a little more time since um, they did get that buy so they won't be playing until Saturday. Um, they'll be playing the winner of three versus six, um, which is Bemidji versus Tech, and then um, Tech getting the six seed in that scenario, and then um, Sartell got the five seed, and they will be traveling to Alexandria to face off. Um, This section's interesting to me. Um, Also should mention that Moorhead was the one that got the one seed, even though they lost again last night as well. They still um, were able to get the one seed with a five and two record. So what I like about this section is that everyone has played each other um, unlike most of the other sections we've we're going to talk about and just talked about um, in class four a all of them have played each other some in recent weeks especially um, Tech and Sartell playing Alexandria and Bemidji those um, have been kind of crossover matchups all over the place in the last couple weeks so um, I do like that we have a little bit more to go off of on on these matchups
1: yeah no I, I completely agree and and for the um, listeners since the injury to Dominic Mathias happened last Friday. You probably don't know about it. Um, we, <laughs> we we're we're still kind of understanding that. Well, there's been two rounds of football um, since we've last spoken to all of you. Um, but like we said, Stock Rapids has lost the last two games. Um, they played Moorhead up in Moorhead uh, a couple weeks ago. They lost um, in a very close game, and then, but in the second quarter, Dominic Matthias kind of uh, he got injured. He was on crutches, um, on the sideline. Um, wasn't sure what his status was heading into Monticello's game. Uh, looks like he did not play. Um, Jack Klein was the starting quarterback and played most or played the entire game. So, uh, not entirely sure what the scenario is for Dominic Mathias and and his future with, with, uh, the section tournaments coming up next week, but Um, obviously you don't want to be losing your quarter number one quarterback um, heading into section play. So there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to, that I think Stock Rapids is going to have to do next week to kind of figure out how to generate some offense, because it seems like, you know, they haven't been able to really click a whole lot. I I think you were saying that they've scored six points since Dominic Mathias's injury um, in the second quarter of, of that week seven game. So I think that's going to be a big test. One of the positives for Sock Rapids is Alex Heron is back, and boy, is he back good. Um, he's he's been kind of leading that rushing attack uh, offensively for um, the Storm, and I think he's had over a hundred yards of rushing on both um, the Moorhead game and the Monticello game. So nice to see him back and and being able to make an impact on that that offensive side. I think he's also doing a really good job defensively. He I know. Um, before he got injured uh, against Alexandria, he, he was kind of guarding uh, Hoskins, that wi- the D1 wide receiver, for the entire time and kind of shutting him down. So we know what Alex is capable of doing both offensively and defensively. Hopefully they can kind of figure out a plan of attack. for Because um, I think the thing that they did really well was they were able to do the passing and the rushing game pretty evenly. And right now it seems like only the rushing game is able to work. Um, the only touchdown that they had last night was from um, Jack Klein to Bryce Lund, but other than that, Jack only had about 67 passing yards. So, kind of need to get that gen- need to get that passing game going again. Um, defensively, I think they've been doing a good job defensively. They they faced two very tough offenses these last couple of weeks, and they've minimized them to, I think, a total of like all around 30 points or so. So, um, I mean, that's when when you're when you're only allowing 12 points against a um, a, a good team like Monticello, it, that defense is doing their job. Let's just say that. So um, yeah, be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I I expect Memidji to beat Tech, and it would be Memidji against uh, Sock Rapids for Saturday. And Sock Rapids was able to win last last time, but that was also with Dominic Matthias um, and as as their quarterback. But it was also a close game. So. Could be an interesting one on Saturday next week if Bemidji is able to beat Tech.
0: Yeah, like you said, um, Soccer Rapids not playing until Saturday. I'll also be picking um, Bemidji over Tech as well. They met um, just last Friday and it was 41-8 to 8, um, at St. Cloud Tech. So um, them having to go on the road, I expect that to be probably a pretty similar result. Um, Tech 0-8, see if they can kind of break that, do something different, but um, the most they've scored this year is still 21 points, um, and they've been giving up a lot more than that every game. So that's just going to be tough to, to overcome. I'm assuming Dave picked Bemidji in that one as well? Yes, he did. And for um, the Sartell-Alexandria game, what are both of your picks um, in that one? Dave and I are both
1: picking uh, Alexandria for this one. I mean, they just played also a couple weeks ago, um, and Alexandria was able to get, I think it was like 43-22 to 22 victory over Sartell for that one so obviously Sartell was able to get some offensive going but they their defense just gave up way too many points um especially against uh their quarterback and their wide receiver with Hoskins so uh be tough to see Sartell get a win against them at uh, Alexandria but uh yeah so we'll be picking both Dave and I will be picking Alexandria
0: yeah um Alexandria they've put up at least 35 points their last three games you're exactly spot on that was October 8th so um, about a week and a half ago they played it was 43 to 22 in favor um, of the Cardinals against Sartell in that one that was also in Alexandria so basically a a beat for beat um, type of situation there so Sartell and Tech they both have to go on the road Um, both be trying to pull upsets Sartell they haven't won since week one when they beat Tech and Tech hasn't won so um, they both have pretty big challenges ahead of them especially with those recent games but We'll see if they kind of took anything away from those performances and can find a way to pull off a, a surprising upset here in section play. Um, so then that leaves us just with two more teams to go through, I believe. Um, we can grab Albany first, who we both made the big mistake of not picking against Zimmerman. Um
1: we're sorry, Mike. Okay, we're sorry. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> we we learned pretty – we learned once – I've had a really tough time picking them, I know, all year. I think you have, too. When yeah. we, I think we picked them to win both games that they lost, and now this one we picked them to lose, and it didn't go that way. So um, they were able to just completely crush Zimmerman last night. Um, what was the final score in that one again? It was 40-8. to eight. Yeah, and Zimmerman came in with one loss. So that just kind of yeah. gives you an idea what Albany's at right now. They started the year 1-2. and two. Um, they had some injuries. They didn't have Carter Beer for a little bit of that stretch, um, who continues to just impress. And now, Albany, they moved up to the number one seed with this win, too. Um, so they're going to be the only team in there in Section um, 6, Class 3A. They're going to be the only team with a bye in the first round because there's seven teams. Um, so they're going to for sure be hosting a home game on Saturday. Um, it will be against the winner of New London, Spicer, and Melrose, who are the four or five seeds. Um, and things are looking really good for them for a, a chance to return to state, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I know heading into this upcoming week, they um, or heading into Wednesday's matchups, they were the two seed um, in the QRF standings for their section. I think a, a big win against uh, Zimmerman, who's a 6-1 and one team heading into Wednesday, that definitely allowed them to bump up to that one seed, and deservingly so. They're on a five-game winning streak. And I think Mike Kleinschmidt is very happy that Carter Beer is back in the in the lineup because um, he's just been doing wonders during this five-game winning streak. Uh, I think last night he hit 180 or 190 rushing yards. He had five touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. So now I think over the course of the five or the five games that they've won um, in this winning streak, he has now 18 touchdowns. And I think he's over 1,000 yards in rushing now. So... Um, so that just shows you what he's capable of doing. Um, I mean, just insane numbers overall. And, um, I mean, I, I expect that to continue when they play new London Spicer or Melrose next Saturday. Um, as for time, not entirely sure what time they're going to be playing yet. That's still to be determined just as well as uh, sock Rapids rice, their game. Um, not entirely sure when that game's going to happen as well. Um, but yeah, I think, the only test that they're probably gonna have is Piers. Um, in my mind, Piers is is a team that they haven't played, and uh, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see that matchup if it does happen for the finals um, next, or the Friday, the, the 5th of November. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I, I think they, similar to Apollo, they are a team that you do not wanna play in sections right now, cause they are just uh,
0: firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and it comes a couple weeks after you know they they barely were able to beat Cathedral only by two points. They had to hold on, didn't put up a ton of points there. Um, they were able to beat um, Foley the following week, but it still wasn't as convincing as we probably would have expected, only winning by two scores. Um, and then they just absolutely throttle Zimmerman, which um, I just shows they're they're definitely peaking at the right time, like they want to be, um, and they're putting things together. So. Yeah, if if they would be able to make it to a section final again and play Piers, that would be interesting. I'm assuming that would be. I think I saw at Saint Cloud State again; those two teams met there in 2019. Piers won and ended up going on to uh, win a state title as well. So um, a lot to play for in that one, and uh, will be interesting to see if Albany can kind of keep this this rolling. And then um, the last team who used to be in Albany Section moved over to Section Five of 3A now um, is Cathedral. Who um, they're the last pick we'll make as well. They're going to be um, heading to Malacca, Cathedral actually jumped up to the five seed um, after last night. It was pretty close there, between five and six, so they moved up. Um, so they are going to be getting that spot. Um, heading on the road to Malacca, who they did lose to, um, forty to sixteen a couple weeks ago. But um, what kind of throws a wrinkle into it is Little Falls got their first win by dominating Malacca at Malacca um, last night too. Who Cathedral um, just got their second win of the year last Friday, beating so. Um, this one is kind of a hard one for me to guess. The one thing I do know is that, oh, well, Cathedral, they didn't score last night. Um, they've been starting to be able to rush the ball, which is huge. Um, Evan Wallen had over a hundred yards last night. Um, he had a big performance too, and they were, uh, were able to beat Little Falls too. Um, that's developing and the defense continues to look great. I mean, Princeton was putting up what, like 50 something points a game. And while it was tough conditions last night in the rain, um, they still held, Princeton scoreless for three quarters, which was incredible. And I don't think anyone's done anything close to that this year. So, um, you know, they're still, they haven't found, they haven't put it all together on offense yet this year for a full game. Um, but there's a lot of good signs there, Brian, what's your pick going to be in this one?
1: Yeah, I think, um, both Dave and I are both picking Malacca for this one. Um, it's tough because, you know, obviously, like you said, cathedrals looking good defensively. I mean, like you said, three straight quarters of Scoreless um, game it, last night against Princeton, and I, I think Princeton over the last four or five games, they've um, they've scored at least I think like forty-five or fifty points each game. So, I mean that just shows you what Cathedral's defense is capable of doing. Um, I just it's hard because the last I think it was like two or three weeks ago I was writing or I was talking about we need to see the running game for, for cathedral because they've had like 28 rushing yards in like three games. And then they got the rushing game going, but then the passing game went away. <laughs> and so then now it's like, okay, we need to see the passing game, but we also need to see the running game. <laughs> um, so I think, I think the, the big challenges is, is, you know, obviously it's a four or five matchup. It's going to be a good game. Um, every four or five matchup is usually a very good game for, for section play. Um, they know what's on the line. It's either win or go home. So I think this is going to be a big challenge for them. Is you know, can we have a full defense and offensive performance? Because if you can, you can beat Malacca, no problem. But um, but if you if if there's something that's missing there, it might be tough to to beat to beat Malacca on the road.
0: Yeah, for this one, I'm actually I think before we started, I said I was going to pick Malacca. I've changed that to Cathedral just in just in the course of us talking. I don't I just am getting a feeling. Also, just with Mal the form of the two through the the last well, not even two weeks, one week. Malacca lost 41 to eight to Zimmerman at Zimmerman, and then they lost like I said, 41 to 18 to Little Falls last night. Um, now they will be at home, and you know a couple weeks prior they did blow out Cathedral, so um, it's tough to pick. But I just think with Cathedral, especially defensively, what they've been doing. Um, I think they might be able to force some turnovers, maybe be able to use that to kind of kickstart their offense as well, get them some good field position, um, and we'll see if they can convert. But I'm going to pick the Crusaders in this one um, and also maybe try to inch closer to Dave in the total standings, too. That will not hurt either.
1: I'm, I'm out of the running, so I'm just going to go with Dave because clearly he's doing a good job with picking. So, um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so as for, like we said, as for next week, Um, We can't tell you where we're going to be yet because we honestly don't know. And when we get ready for the second segment of this podcast, you'll understand why. Because we have like a bunch of soccer state tournaments that are going to be happening. So we're not sure if that's going to happen Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. So um, obviously the the only home game on that Tuesday is Apollo that's taking on um, Little Falls. The rest of them are all on the road. So more than likely, if we do go to a game, it'll probably be Apollo um, against Little Falls. As for Saturday, a lot of good matchups at home. You have uh, Sock Rapids at home, Albany at home, Cory at home. Um, so, plenty of good matchups there. So, I'm sure we'll probably find something and we'll get some. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely inform you on what happens. That's all I can promise you right now because I don't know where we're going to be next week. So, I think we'll just flip a coin on Saturday and just kind of figure it out at that point.
0: So, I, I'm, I'm down with that idea. Cause, <laughs>
1: well, you're off on Saturday, so you will enjoy the day.
0: <laughs> I am off that Saturday, but I just we I'll be the one here Saturday when it's like. So who's playing in state? When? What day? Yeah. <laughs> soccer? How does this affect us? Yeah. So
1: we'll both we'll be pulling get, our hair out, but I'll be yeah. doing
0: it in Arizona. You'll be doing it in Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. So we'll figure that out. The one thing um, I failed to mention is that um, if Cathedral can win against Malacca, they would play Annandale, who's the number one seed. They're the only team with a bye um, in their section. So. Um, more than likely cathedral as well will have to be going on the road most likely throughout the whole section if they want to keep advancing but I think yeah so we those are our four so we have four picks um for this weekend that we mentioned the only difference um, was that I picked cathedral versus you two picking Malacca so we'll see we'll see how that pl- uh, plays out when we podcast next but um, that will finish up our football talk here um, only took about as long as usual which actually surprises me because I expected it to take even longer than usual but We kind of rolled through today. So um, we're going to take a quick break, like Brian mentioned. On the other side, we're going to talk um, section soccer, um, some cross country, um, and also a bit of college news and notes before we wrap up today. So thanks for tuning in so far, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times sports report podcast um, It feels like a while ago at this point but Tuesday night Brian and I were both out in Sock Center for I think by the time we got home it was like an eight hour eight hour ordeal/ slash round trip from when we left to head out there for um, double header of section um, 8a soccer We had Cathedral boys and girls in section title games. Um, I feel kind of bad because the Cathedral girls they won three to nothing. Made it for the first time in 16 years, and then I feel like it got upstaged by just how insane the boys' <laughs> game was. Um, for sure. Which, which one do you think we should start with in this one? I think let's start with girls just because um, they they they
1: competed first, um, and yeah, really good game for them. Um, they were able to win three nothing against Fergus Falls, and it seemed like kind of right away they got they got that uh, that goal, and it kind of felt like it trickled into eventually winning the game.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, we were just setting up behind the goal where it actually happened. It was about, what, less than two minutes into the game. They put a ball in the box. Um, Ava Schmidt, she kicks it up. It hits the top of, from really close range, she kind of mishits it, hits the top of the goal, bounces down kind of right on the line where it could have either been called the goal or not. The Fergus fall goalie kind of went to grab it, and it kind of rolled a a step or two over. Um, And it was a goal, and all of a sudden they went crazy. And it was like, oh, so this is happening. So they, they have the lead, and um, for almost the rest of that first half, they really dominated possession, I would say, too. Um, they looked to be more aggressive. They got more balls in the box. One or two um, chances um, that they had, you know, I think one, especially Peyton Mathias, and got a one-on-one shot at goal, almost two. Um, and then the second half, it seemed like Fergus Falls there for a little bit. was It was kind of almost similar to the, the semifinal game that you saw against St. John's Prep, where, The momentum kind of shifted. Fergus falls was getting some better looks, finally getting some shots on goal. Um, and they had one like chance in the last minute or two of the first half too, that we thought for sure was going in that hit the post too. So it was looking a little sketchy. Um, and then hope Schuler, she drilled a shot in from like 25 yards away into the corner. Yeah, it was insane. And then, um, from there, I think she put in another ball that Peyton finished. Um, Later in the game, too, um, right off of a corner kick, they, they used kind of a quick corner, got the ball in the box and scored on that one, too. And that was at that point, that was basically game. So um, really great performance by them. First state appearance in 2005. Um, first time they've been even in a section title game in a very long time. So um, I think the last four years they've lost in the section semifinals. They finally got over that hump and then um, got the section title, too. So. We're gonna still wait to see, just like with the boys, where the seedings fall on Saturday morning. That's when our lives will finally, you know, we'll have some certainty to it once we find out where all our soccer teams are going to be next week and help us plan. But um, just looking at the other section champs, it looks like they're they're probably going to be, if not one of the lowest, the lowest rated team, probably going into state. Um, so they're probably going to get one of those three random draws because the first five teams are seeded, and the last three of the eight just get a random. Game kind of seating against one of those top three teams, so that's likely we're gonna they're gonna fall. They're gonna have to face a really good team right off the bat. Um, we don't know much more than that yet, but hopefully uh, we'll get some illumination on that Saturday. Stay tuned. Um,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as you kind of said, Cathedral looked really good and um, similar to because I went over to their Saturday game against uh, St. John's Prep, and the big thing for them, it seems like they try to be really, really, really um, offensive and get a really nice tempo for the first five minutes. Um, their goal is to try and get a goal within the, that five minutes because then it kind of gets um, – it puts the pressure on the opponent to try and tie up that game. And so um, in the case of Saint, um, Saturday's game against St. John's Prep, you know, Megan Corbett scored three goals, right, in like the first 20 minutes – kind of a little bit of more on what they were trying to kind of do. But in this game, you know, obviously getting that one goal about two minutes into the game was huge for them. They, they were able to get, um, some nice, some nice, uh, some nice passing. They were able to, to, like you said, kind of get that offense going and, and pressurize that Fergus falls team right away. But, um, yeah, really good game for them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who they match up against because more than likely, it'll be one of the top three teams um, in, in the state. And so, um, but they're, they're confident. They're, they know that they're not done yet. They're, they're wanting to win more. And so be interesting to see what happens, but kind of so that you have an idea of what's happening. Um, the state quarterfinals are different than the state semifinals and finals. So the state quarterfinals will take place most of the time. Um, You think U.S. Bank Stadium right away when you think of the state tournament for soccer. But you have to win a game to get to the U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, So for next week, the games will take place on um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Those will be the three days that they could compete. Obviously, we'll find out more on Saturday. But... They will be playing at either Monticello, Irondale, Edina, Eden Prairie, Waconia, or Farmington. So talk about throwing a pin on a map. Um, That's going to be very interesting to see where they go. Um, And it also depends on who they play because, obviously, if you're playing, you know, I don't know, if you're playing somebody like Winona Cotter, um, you know, you got St. Cloud up in, the north side, you got Winona down in the south side, you got to find someplace in the middle that they, you know, because you don't want to have a 10-minute drive for one team and a fi- and a 50-minute drive for the other team. So um, there's a talking to the Cathedral um, AD Emmett Keenan, he, he even said it, so it's a puzzle piece, um, trying to put all the puzzles together for these 20-something games between the boys and the girls. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But if you win that quarterfinals game at the at a neutral site around the area, then you advance to the to U.S. Bank Stadium where you'll play, I think it's the first week of November, you'll play um, the semifinals and finals games. So um, I think one of the goals is to get to U.S. Bank Stadium, and so I think they're going to be trying their hardest to get to that point and, and be able to play in the semifinals.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they took great advantage of, um, you know, a lot of teams, those bigger schools they've been playing, like Sartell and Bemidji, some of these teams that are now like 3A schools in in soccer with that third class who've kind of been the team that usually knocks them out in the semifinals or, or quarterfinals, somewhere along that route, they're able to, um, you know, they got a chance to play teams more their size this year in the sections, and they took advantage and got, you know, back to state for the first time in um, almost two decades, so. Um, kudos to them for, for getting the job done. I know at the beginning of the year they said they felt they had a really good shot and this was their chance to get back there and they accomplished it. So we'll see where they where they can go from here. And on the other end, while they dominated, had a three nothing win, no no last second um, you know, heartache or thrilling finish in that one. It was the exact opposite on the boys' side. Um the boys played Pelican Rapids who uh, the last time they played in the regular season, I've mentioned on here a couple times, they won three to two with a goal in the literally the last second of the game on the road. And this one didn't disappoint either. Um, you know, it went to penalty kicks. Uh, Pelican Rapids scored with, I can't remember how much it was, maybe like 15 minutes left or so. Yeah, I think it was and, Yeah. So, I mean, as, as we're starting to get down there, neither team, they had a couple shots, good shots at goal, but nothing that really felt like, oh, that was like a, a guaranteed goal. That was a really tough miss. It was just really evenly matched. The ball just kind of pinging around all over the field for most of the first 60 minutes or so. And then Pelican Rapids got that goal and you kind of felt, well, that might be it just because Cathedral hadn't been able to really break through for something great. Um, and then with three minutes left in the game, um, there was a Pelican Rapids player that went down with kind of an injury, so they stopped play. Connor Drone took a um, you know a free kick from, gosh, almost midfield. Um, mm-hmm. And then he, he knocked it all the way in near goal. Joe Torberg got a header on it, um, dropped to a cutting Zach plant who poked it into goal um, and just... Cathedral went insane, ran over their bench, ran over the student section um, and took that momentum into overtime. Neither team could score in overtime either. Uh, so you went to penalty kicks. Cathedral had to win uh, their semifinal game on penalty kicks against Minnewaska. Um, I believe that was four to two. And then this time they win three to two on penalty kicks. Palmer Manette makes um, the game winning save as well. And it was a little sketchy, too, because Zach Plant, even though he made the goal, he missed the first penalty kick. Pelican Rapids converted theirs, and you're thinking, wow, this is a tough situation. But then um, Cathedral really came in clutch, knocked their kicks in, made the save, um, and they're moving on to State. That was just a wild finish.
1: Yeah, no, I I think the big thing that I kind of noticed was when Pelican Rapids got that goal, they kind of went into more defensive mode. They didn't play their game that they were playing for – the, the last 60 minutes they were kind of doing more of keep away you know when the ball came to the defensive side they didn't really set anything up they just kicked it right back over to cathedral side and you can't do that against a good team like cathedral i mean they're both number one for a reason they're they're very good at at, at their game and that can hurt you and so a, a lot of the time it was you know how can they waste clock time it seemed like and so the injury i mean i hope the person's okay but it seemed like it was one of those soccer flop type of injuries in my mind. Um, he was down for a while, and I think it was more or less, let's keep the clock rolling. And, I mean, it, I mean he, he seemed to get up and, and walk off fine um, after the injury, but that type of stuff, it allows, like you said, for a team like Cathedral to be able to take advantage on a free kick. And you don't want to have a free kick opportunity for them, you know it's it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be good for for you because Connor drong is one of the Mister Soccer finalists, rightfully so because he's had a phenomenal season this year, and he took advantage of it. Um, and Lucas Hansen and Connor Drung, um was able to they were able to get the two goals right after Zach's miss in in the penalty kicks. Chandler was able to score his goal, and then you have Palmer, um, their their goalie being able to you know, finish off the penalty kicks with a nice save. I mean, that was a really nice save and it was kind of just like a gut feeling of, okay, do I go left or do I go right and pick the right side? um, Because he was able to get a nice, nice save on it. Um, You could tell how excited he was because he punted that ball about 4,000 feet in the air after he found out that he won. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was, it was really fun. Um, it, It was a really good night for us because obviously it's, it's, it's a lot easier to write a story when both of your teams win. It's even better of a story when they win in penalty kicks. Um, so, I mean, overall, just a really fun night over at Sock Center. Um, I think I think it was probably one of my favorite nights because even though it was a long night and you know we we were there till eleven o'clock at night and then stayed up till one thirty or two o'clock writing stories and putting up galleries and stuff. Um, it was a lot of fun to just see all of that hard work pay off because a lot of these kids have been working since the end of the season last year. I mean, a lot of these guys play club soccer. They, um, they work out during the off season. They practiced really hard during the summertime. And it, it's nice to see something like that pay off um, for these Crusaders, especially with how many seniors, both the girls and the boys have. You, you kind of knew that this was the year. It was kind of make or break type of thing. And so um, yeah, so I think it's I think it's a good opportunity for them.
0: Yeah, and you had um, you know a good student section as well that was loud and getting into it, especially as the night went on. You also had the girls' team that had just won section title. You know, all stay and watch the guys and cheer them on to. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and then even on the penalty kicks, they ended up being on the exact other side, so the entire student section got up, ran to the other end, so they could be on the corner of the goal where they were taking the penalty kicks, and they ran over to them after too. So it just It was an awesome atmosphere, awesome time. I know um, Emmett told us, too, it's the first time they've ever played soccer on that field Mm -hmm. of all time. They've had the turf for, you know, about a decade, he said, but they've never played soccer on it. Um, And this was the first time. And now um, today, actually, that we're recording this, you're going to be going back there for a section final um, game as well. So it just was a lot coming together for kind of a storybook type of ending. We'll see if they can continue that going in state as well. While the girls probably will get one of those random seeds, there's a decent chance that the Cathedral boys could get one of those top five seeds. I think For they sure. finished. I think they finished the last rankings maybe about seventh in the state or so. It might have even gone up higher. Um, it kind they kind of shifted all throughout the year um, of the the coach the coaches association poll. So um, they've been pretty well regarded. I think in QRF they were like fourth seeded as well. So there's a pretty good chance they're going to get a decent draw um, and maybe even be favored against the team they're playing in the first round. Um, and for them, it's, it's been a long time coming too. they've never, they've made state, I believe this is the 10th time. Um, and they've never made it to a state title game. They've, there's been, you know, a couple, I think their last time was like a fourth place finish about a decade ago. So I know they're gonna be very motivated for that with this crew that they have, they have four all state players on their team. And then Connor, he leads the state and assists too. So, a lot coming together for them to try to to make kind of a, a magical run here. And we'll, we'll see how that comes out once we get the seeds. Definitely. No,
1: for sure. And like you said, I mean, I think one of the nice parts is is since they made it into three classes this year for soccer, Cathedral got kind of the better end because they, a lot of teams went up to 3A, a lot of the 1A schools that were 1A went up to 2A. And so Cathedral kind of got a light, a little bit of a, a nicer setup there and um, I think they can maybe do some damage in, in the state tournament this upcoming, this upcoming week. Um, but on the other end, um, the game that I'm going to be going to tonight at Sock center again, I think they have a reserve spot for me now, um, after going there for a couple times. Um, but the, the tonight's game will be against number four, or again, and number two tech. So one of the local teams will be going to state. So we'll have three teams at state next week. Um, don't worry, we're not pulling our hair out yet. Um, and the reason why is because Ricori had a phenomenal game against number one at Alexandria on Tuesday night. Um, the Spartans traveled up up north to go to um, the Cardinals area, and um, they kind of started off with, with a bang. Um, Alexander um, Sunjo and Eduardo Alvarez-Mendez, they both scored goals in the first half. To give uh, Ricory a two-to-nothing lead, uh, one of those goals came from a penalty kick. So was able to take advantage of those types of mistakes, and then Ricori's defense just was on fire apparently, um, and was able to stop any shot that came their way. And Mendez was able to get another goal in the second half to make a three-nothing lead. Alexandria scored late, but um, the Spartans were able to come off with a three-to-one upset against a very talented Alexandria team that I think has only lost two games this season. Um, third one was on Tuesday night and the Spartans will be heading off off to Sock center where they'll play tech who beat Apollo one to nothing. Pablo Irriban. Um he got the goal um, on Tuesday night for tech. And it seemed like from what Dave kind of told me, because Dave Schwartz was at that game doing photos Seemed like it was just a lot of back and forth um, in the sense of just really good uh, saves as well as some missed opportunities where maybe the ball went above the, the goal or um, just wasn't able to connect on it, and so it deflected off a player or whatever it may be, um, but just some really good defense on that one. So um, be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. Tech was able to beat Ricori this season. Um, I was actually at that game. Um, And so we'll see kind of how things unfold for tonight's matchup. Um, I think it'll be a good one. And Dave and I will be out there covering that game. So you can follow us if you'd like. Um, The only other game that happened on Tuesday night was number one, Moorhead. They beat number five, Sartell, three to nothing in section eight, three A. Um, And so the, the Sabres are, Done for the season now. After after losing that game, um, Moorhead being a very very tough team to beat, and especially being the first time going up into 3A for for Sartell. I mean, a really good run for them, being able to reach that semifinals for the for their first season in in Class 3A. So, um, but yeah, I guess maybe I, I don't know if you have any comments about that Tech Recori matchup tonight, but um, should be a fun one.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of funny. I wouldn't have thought when you saw that game and when was that September that that would be the section final. Um, Tech had been having a little bit of a rough patch at that point, Um didn't have any, too many wins at that um, you know, at that point either. So um, the fact that they kind of are coming together for a section title game, and we for sure are going to have one, one of them in state to follow too, I know is pretty exciting for us. So that will also be released on Saturday, along with Class A, like we mentioned with Cathedral Boys and Girls. So Um, I'll have a story up that morning to let people know what to look for um, so that you can see where we're going to be that week. But um, otherwise, for high school, the last thing before we get to college, I'll just mention cross country. um, Our teams in the Central Lakes Conference and Granite Ridge Conference, they had their um, conference meets this last week. They're going to be having sections next Thursday, but they each had their respective conference uh, meets here on Tuesday for the boys um, in the Central Lakes. Sartell was the top team in second place. Um, they had Eli Hansen in fourth and Seth Westrup in seventh, while uh, Vincent Kaluza from McCrory finished second. So all those guys kind of trying to eye, um, you know, state qualifying positions as well. Sartell will be up in 3A, so it's going to be even a little tougher, but um, they still have been putting in really good times where they might be on the verge of being able to, to make an appearance at state as individuals or see how the team goes too with um, a pretty good finish to the season. On the girls' side, um it's going to be kind of a it's going to be interesting in sections let's put it that way because girls for alexandria Ricori, and wilmer they're all three of the top um seated teams in the entire state they're all top five in the state and they're gonna be battling it out for team qualifiers at sections so um Ricori finished second in this one um they had Lena Vieri in fourth elise hofer fifth ava larson sixth um so you know pretty consistent for them too is what really does well in cross country. It's not just having one or two people finish top five. It's trying to have as many as you can finish pretty close together. So, um, they did a good job on that, um, to finish second. And on the granite Ridge side, not too big of a surprise. cathedral boys and girls completely dominated. They're both two of the top ranked teams, um, you know, in state for boys and girls in class a, um, they continued to show it by just winning by huge margins. Um, for individual-wise, though, um, Albany was the one with the top spots. Grant Mayers finished first in the boys' race. And then Olivia Gable continues to put in insane times. She broke 18 minutes for the first time with 17.58 um, to win by, I think it was like a minute per second place, even at conference. So um, Cathedral had good finishes. Henry Ebel was third on the boys. Claire shot fourth um, on the girls. And then a lot, of, a lot of the rest of the top ten was all Cathedral, almost across the board for both races, which shows you how they finished so well in the team standing. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of teams I would say that can qualify for state along with, with individuals to both cathedral teams and recory girls probably being the, the most likely targets. Um, and a lot of individuals finished well too, to the season. So, um, a lot to look for. We have of our seven schools, they're in, I think four different sections for cross country, all kind of different areas of either central Minnesota, all spread around. So, uh, Next Thursday will be when they all compete, and um, we can kind of figure out where everyone's going to pan out at state on uh, November sixth, which we're planning to be at.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment. On November sixth, we'll be there, um, having like I think three or four teams and in, in at the state tournament, and then
0: individuals, and
1: you know, just I think our entire I think the entire Saint Cloud area is going to go up to or go down to Saint Olaf. That that's that what
0: week. it's kind of feeling like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Don't worry. We'll have coverage. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that kind of wraps up high school um, content for this podcast. As for college, um, kind of surprised that St. Cloud State University is still like up and standing um, and uh, no fires or anything like that. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about why I'm saying why I'm surprised the St. Cloud State campus is not on fire right now.
0: <laughs> um, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. So last Good transition, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Great transition. <laughs> Flawless. Um, last Saturday was St. Cloud state hosting the Gophers. Um, it was the first time they'd played, uh, Bob Motzko is the coach of the Gophers. First time he'd been back facing St. Cloud, um, back in St. Cloud. It was homecoming sellout first sellout crowd. I think I've been to at least, or there's never been a crowd that big since I've been here for about two years. So, um, just great atmosphere. Um, just packed to the brim, uh, Gophers, um, able to win four to three in overtime on the three on three overtime, about 10 seconds in maybe, uh, Nick Perbix, uh, St. Cloud state defense mini skating with the puck. He kind of gets grabbed from behind. He goes down, um, play kind of seems to stop because they expect the penalty to be called. They don't, the Gophers grab it, go and score. Um, and then kind of all hell broke loose. Um, you know, Gophers start celebrating fans, start throwing, um, bottles and cans and everything onto the ice that they could um, just in frustration because it just was very evident um, to basically everyone except the officials, apparently, that that was a penalty call. You could see the discourse on that for a couple days on Twitter or wherever you wanted to go. Um, So it was a tough loss for the Huskies. Um, You know, they're trying to when I talked to Brett Larson on Tuesday or at his press conference, he said, you know, that they're trying to use it as fuel, but also not focus on it too much because it is over it was a mistake. Obviously, they're still, you know, frustrated that it happened at such a key moment. But there's nothing they can do about it now. So um, they have Wisconsin this weekend. The first time they faced Wisconsin since 2013, when they were in the WCHA together. Ever since they moved to the NCHC, they've never played each other again. Um, so it'll be kind of cool to see that um, old rivalry renewed here um, in St. Cloud on Friday and Saturday again. So um, yeah, it's it's tough, St. Cloud. They're They're four and two this season now, but they're still number three ranked in the country because they've only lost to number one and number four. um, And they're going to continue to play top ranked teams uh, in the next coming weeks. So, you know, it it was really disappointing. um, But, you know, you move on and you continue through non-conference with conference play just starting up um, in a couple weeks. And then the other main thing is um, St. John's football continues to be dominant in a way they haven't been in a very long time. Um, third straight shutout last week, the game I was at against St. Olaf, um, I think it was 56 to nothing. Yeah, that sounds right. So they've been 155 to nothing in their last three games is how much they've outscored teams. So um, they're going for a fourth straight shutout yeah. against Gustavus on the road um, this Saturday. If they'd pull that off, it'd be the first time um, I believe since uh, the 60s when they won their it was 65, 64, something like that, where they won their second national championship. They did four shutouts that year in a row. That's the only time it's ever been done in their entire history. So the defense has been insane. The offense has been incredible too. Um, they continue to roll through conference play. Um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes, I guess. But right now I, I don't really see anyone stopping them in the next couple of weeks because it's been insane.
1: Yeah, it seems like seems like a very successful uh, couple couple of weeks for for St. St. John's, and then also you know splitting splitting the series against Mankato and um, the Gophers is always. I mean, even though you hope to get two wins against both of those teams, I mean they're one and four for a reason. So um, see what happens when they play Wisconsin, and then I think you blink here soon and. Um, towards the early part of December, UND starts coming into town and then we start to, then we start to have some more fun, uh, fun matchups there um, towards the winter time. So um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely going to be a fun couple of weeks here. Um, I know next week, this week is Wisconsin next week. I think you said St. Cloud is off um, for hockey. So, um, so that'll be, That'll be nice because it's one less thing that we have to (laughs) necessarily worry about that that last week of October. Um, And then they'll be back in action uh, to start November. But, yeah, I guess
0: anything else to add for both college or high school sports? No, not really. Yeah, so just the main things for coverage, like you said, you're going to be off the next couple days after going to section final soccer tonight. Um, And I will be out at St. Cloud State both nights, Friday and Saturday, for the Wisconsin series with Dave. Um, see if St. Cloud can get to six and two this year, continue things rolling. Um, Wisconsin was ranked during the year. They lost their first two games. They dropped out of the rankings, but they're still sitting right on the verge kind of of that top 20 rankings or so. So still a, a really good team that, that won both games last weekend. So it'll be their first road games of the year um, as well. A tough test coming to St. Cloud. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But It should be exciting again. So, yeah, so just continue to check sctimes.com for all of our coverage on high school, college, everything going on, um, because this is basically the busiest time of the year almost. But um, we're hitting it in stride. So um, I think that will about do it for today's podcast. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.